Woodlands Health. Better health begins here. It's time for Better Health Radio, brought to you by Tidelands Health. Here's Bill Klaproth. Of all cancers affecting both men and women, colorectal cancer, cancer of the colon or rectum, is the second leading cause of death from cancer in the United States. Fortunately, the death rate for colorectal cancer is declining, and one reason for this decline is an increase in preventative screening. And here to talk with us about colon cancer screening, the benefits, and newest guidelines is Dr. Christopher Bach, a gastroenterologist at Tidelands Health. Dr. Bach, thank you so much for your time today. So first off, can you tell us about colon cancer, who is at most risk? Right, yeah, so um, that's a great question. Uh, So in the general population, about one in 10 people is at risk for developing colon cancer. We know that with increasing age, our risk increases um, so that we usually begin screening at around 50 years old um, because that's when we start to see the first signs of colon cancer in the form of colon polyps. And you mentioned age. Does genetics play a big part in this as well? Yes. Yeah. So another great question. So, yeah. So in the general population, it's one in ten. But if you have a family history of uh, colon cancer in your family, your rate is uh, your your risk for colon cancer is increased uh, depending on how many family members are affected. Um, but certainly, genetics do play a role in the d- d- development of colon cancer. If someone does have colon cancer in their family and is at increased risk, at what age do you start screening them? Right. So we usually recommend that uh, a family member uh, begin uh, screening for colon cancer 10 years before uh, that affected family members of the family member with colon cancer was diagnosed. So, for instance, if your father was diagnosed at the age of 55 with colon cancer, you would begin Uh, screening at 45 years old. Gotcha. And what are the overall benefits then of getting a colonoscopy? Uh, Right. So I I would suppose in in the holiday season, it's nice because you you lose a little weight. But (laughs) the the benefit uh, overall long-term is actually preventing colon cancer. So uh, in the ideal state, a colonoscopy can actually remove precancers, so remove polyps um, before they have the chance to become cancer or um, uh, even worse, become cancer and spread to other organs. So you just mentioned polyps. We hear the term, you know, oh, they found a polyp. Can you tell us what that is and what that means if one is found? Right, exactly. So a polyp is, uh, if you think about normal colon mucosa, uh, if there's a genetic mutation in that uh, tissue, whether it be from environmental exposures like smoking or um, a lot of red meat or just um, uh, uh from a history of, of colon cancer and that genetic uh, risk uh, increase, uh, you get a mutation in the in the DNA of that tissue and that uh, will form an abnormal growth of tissue and that abnormal growth is called a polyp. Um, and so we know that uh, polyps are at increased risk, that tissue is at increased risk to become cancer, which is defined as a spread um, of that growth um, past the lining of the colon. So just because you find a polyp, that doesn't automatically mean it's cancer, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's correct. So then if you find a polyp, you go in and you you do a biopsy of that polyp to so, see if, if it is cancer or not? Absolutely. So when we find polyps, we remove them. We, we 
remove it in its entirety, uh, therefore removing the risk. And are there other screening options besides colonoscopy? Yes, yes. So um, there are uh, a bunch of uh, different tests that we have available. Um, probably the least invasive are uh, stool tests, which test for either DNA mutations that are found in uh, colon cancers. It tests the stool for DNA mutations found specifically in colon cancers. Um, and that's called a cologuard. Um, the other tests available uh, test for just blood in the stool. So sort of more sensitive test, but not very specific to colon cancer or colon polyps. So those are our, our stool tests. And there are also um, uh, uh, radiographic tests like the uh, barium enema, uh, which uses contrast dye that is uh, put into the colon to see whether or not there are colon cancers or colon polyps. Uh, within the colon. And then finally, um, CT colonography, which uses a CAT scan, um, uh, what we call a virtual colonoscopy, uses a CAT scan to um, determine whether or not uh, there are any polyps or cancers within the colon. I should note that all these tests that I mentioned are they're less invasive, but uh, if they're positive in any way, the next test is a colonoscopy to go in head and um, either biopsy or uh, remove what is found uh, to be abnormal during that test. So Dr. Bach, why would you choose to do one of these other screening methods instead of going right to the colonoscopy, which is the gold standard, right? Absolutely. It's a good question. I think uh, for uh, patients with a lot of other illnesses who have a, um extensive history of heart disease, have had a lot of heart attacks, have you know poorly controlled uh, diabetes or COPD, and the risk of undergoing a, a colonoscopy is higher than the general population. It's something to consider in terms of a less invasive test. And then, in fact, if you are uh, positive on these less invasive tests, then a colonoscopy can be considered. But as you um, pointed out, the colonoscopy is the gold standard. So, I get a lot of gnashing of teeth when I hear people talk about, oh, I've got to go get a colonoscopy. Like, oh, I can't believe I've got to do this thing. Oh, my God. Right. Can you tell us exactly what it involves? And then the prep, which seems to be the the big thing that people don't want to go through. Oh, my God, the prep. I, oh, I can't. I don't want to do this thing. Why do I have to do this thing? So tell us about right. the, the actual procedure and the prep, because really it's not that sure. bad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, a lot has changed over the years, and, and um, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's still going to re require you going to the bathroom a number of times. It is a, a laxative prep, but the amount of fluid or the amount of um, uh, medication uh, laxative that you need to take is actually decreased to just about a pint of fluid, um, so about 16 ounces um, on average, and so that that's improved from the gallon that it, it used to be of go lightly. And then, so once you've um, prepped for the colonoscopy, which is usually the day before the colonoscopy, the day of, um, it's just nothing to eat until the until the time of procedure. And um, the procedure itself only takes about 20 minutes. Um, everyone is completely asleep. We use a medication called propofol, um, which uh, is uh, full sedation. So you, you, no one wakes up during the procedure, and you wake up pretty quickly after the procedure once we've stopped giving you the medication. And then, you know, during the procedure, we're just taking a look throughout your colon and looking for these abnormalities. And again, it's uh, completely painless. 
and as an added benefit, people wake up quite uh, well rested, and uh, so that's one of the benefits of propofol anesthesia. So it's really not that bad, you're right. It's not that bad. I've had one done, and I had the same kind of, okay, it was easy. <laughs> it was easy, and you're right. You wake, they put a nice blanket over you. The doctor starts oh, talking to you, but all of a sudden, you wake up, and you're like, it, it's done? It's over? Yeah, right. and they're like, yes. So just get it done. You know, this disease is so preventable with a colonoscopy. You know, I've said this to my friends before. You're not allowed to get colon cancer because the testing is so good. Just go get it done. That's right. So absolutely. And Dr. Bach, um, lastly, can you um, tell us about nutrition and diet? Are there any tips for keeping our colons healthy? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a great question. Um yeah, we know from a lot of studies that we've done uh, in terms of nutrition and uh, colon health that the uh, the best thing for um, uh, to keep your colon healthy in terms of being regular as well as preventing um, or decreasing the risk of developing polyps and cancers within the colon would be a high-fiber diet, so at least two to three servings of either fruits or vegetables uh, per day. Um, and uh, and probably the worst thing um, for your colon are two things, smoking, uh, which is bad for a lot of things, so smoking cigarettes, uh, and then uh, the second thing would be red meat, um, and that would be eating red meat more than uh, two times per week uh, would be excessive, but we do know that that red meat in itself increases the risk for uh, colon cancer and colon polyps. So lay off the burgers. <laughs> exactly, lay off the burger. <laughs> and Dr. Bach, why should someone choose Tideland's Health for their gastroenterology needs? Yeah, uh, it's a great question. I think that we we have put a lot of time and effort into uh, taking or having a very comprehensive approach uh, to the uh, to everyone's digestive health. Um, whether it be liver disease, whether it be trouble swallowing, acid reflux, um, belly pain, and then, of course, um, colon health in the form of colonoscopies. Um, so that we, um, from our nurse practitioners to our, um, to our doctors, uh, to all our uh, staff, uh, really do care about our patients and, and want to do the best job for them. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Bach, thank you again for your time today. For more information about Tidelands Health Physicians, Services, and Facilities, visit TidelandsHealth.org. That's TidelandsHealth.org. This is Better Health Radio with Tidelands Health. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.